One of the very best things about living in Southampton is the common. It's, it's a taste of the countryside in the middle of the city. It's wonderful. We've always loved it. I think it's been especially important to very many of us during these lockdown weeks and lockdown months. A place where we can see the sky, a place where we can have a breath of reasonably fresh air and have a sense of what the countryside around us is like when we haven't been able to visit it. It's got harder and harder as a runner to be able to run in the straight line so many people are using it, trying to avoid and zigzag between them, socially distancing all the way as best we can. When we were first here, we were walking across the common one, I think, Sunday afternoon, and we were watching various groups of students play various games. And it was just a sense of, gosh, we're in a different place. This is really rather wonderful. But as we went further, we saw one game that I really didn't recognise. I couldn't understand, you know, rugby, you can understand football, yeah, you can understand what games people are playing, but what are these guys doing? There are three hoops at each end of the, the, the pitch, and they're kind of doing an odd galloping motion. They're not running. It took me quite a while to realise that they were playing Quidditch. And if you're wondering what Quidditch is, it's the sport in the Harry Potter novels. I, I found it really rather funny. I'm sorry if you play Quidditch in your spare time, but the whole point about Quidditch in the Harry Potter novels is you get to fly, not to gallop around the common with a broomstick between your legs. It was one of those things where you saw it that demanded an explanation. It drew your interest in. And that's sort of what's happening on that first Pentecost Sunday. Extraordinary things are happening. People from all over the Mediterranean who've come to Jerusalem for the festival of Pentecost hear people speaking, declaring the wonders of God in their own tongues. Even though they're Gal from Galilee with thick northern accents, suddenly they're fluent in the languages of all who are gathered there. It draws their attention, it demands uh, an explanation, and Peter stands up with the other apostles and gives them that explanation. And that story is the one we've just had read. And basically he says, I know this looks a bit strange, they're not drunk, they're ecstatic, they're filled with the Spirit, as had been prophesied in Joel. And then he, he proceeds to lay out for all of those listening why? What's led to this point? And essentially it's because Jesus is ace, if you'll forgive me. Jesus is accredited, crucified and exalted. That's how he summarises the gospel. And all the word gospel means is good news. He tells the, the gathered crowd that Jesus is ace. Ace is accredited. They know who Jesus is because uh, he, he was accredited by signs and wonders throughout his ministry. It was never just his teaching, it was always his teaching and the, the proof positive that God was with him in the signs and wonders that he performed. It was always kingdom proclamation in word and deed. So Peter says to all the gathered crowd, Jesus is ace because he is accredited by signs and wonders throughout his ministry. The second reason Jesus is ace is because he is crucified. He says it was tragic. There were wicked men and women in our, in our, uh, in our hierarchy who engineered the death of Jesus. They engineered it by collaborating and conniving with Pilate. They engineered his death. He was crucified, but 
third reason that Jesus is ace. He was exalted. The Father raised Jesus from the dead and showed that the crucifixion, while it it looked like just a tragic accident, while it looked like a piece of horrible manipulation by people in power, God showed by raising Jesus from the dead that there was much more to it than that. That actually God had a purpose that was being pursued despite the worst machinations of Pilate and the religious leaders. God raised him to life. God raised him to life and showed that the crucifixion was not the end. The crucifixion had become a sacrifice. It had been received as a sacrifice for sin. So Jesus is ace because he was accredited, he was crucified, and third, because he was exalted. As we were looking at a couple of weeks ago, he ascended into heaven, and he reigns at the right hand of the Father. And because he's at the right hand of the Father, uh, Peter is telling the assembled crowd, he has the right to pour out what was promised. Pour out the promised Holy Spirit on his people, and that's the first fruits. Pentecost was the the first harvest festival, the first fruits. That's the first fruits of what you're seeing now. That, That wonderful prophecy that the Holy Spirit will be poured out on all people has started to be fulfilled this day. That's what Peter's telling, telling the assembled crowds. You see this amazing, amazing activity that people are full of joy, full of the Spirit, speaking the wonders of of God in your tongues. Well, this is why. It's the beginning of the age of the Spirit, the pouring out of the Holy Spirit upon all God's people who will dream dreams and will prophesy. That's begun today because, Peter says, Jesus is ace. He's accredited, crucified and exalted. Peter ends his sermon, God who made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. I think you need to imagine how people receive that. They're cut to the heart. They say, okay, okay, what do we need to do? How do we respond to this? And Peter keeps it really simply, says, ask for forgiveness. Turn from what you've been doing wrong. Ask the Lord to forgive you. That's why Jesus came. That's what the cross is about. Second thing he says, get washed as a sign of that forgiveness, as a sign of your desire to live for God afresh, live for God anew. And the third thing he says, do what we've just done. That's what he's saying to them. Do what we've just done. Receive the promised Holy Spirit that enables us to dream dreams and to prophesy, that fills us with God's joy and God's peace and God's power. Receive the Holy Spirit. He just keeps it really simply says, ask for forgiveness, get washed as a sign of that forgiveness and receive the Holy Spirit, God's very presence that helps us to live for him. So what does all this mean for us today? The first thing is, let's receive the Holy Spirit again. What began on the day of Pentecost has never ceased. Throughout the intervening centuries, many Christians have known the presence and power of the Holy Spirit, enabling them to live for God, equipping them to do new things, equipping them to do other older things in a in a renewed way in a restored way that's the opportunity that's available to us as those who know the lord to simply say holy spirit come come and fill me afresh come and comfort me come and give me strength and encouragement come and hold me when i'm struggling Uh, come and encourage me when things feel bleak 
as I think they often have for lots of us during these lockdown weeks. I know I found them personally challenging. At one point my mum was desperately ill. We've had some other real struggles. And yet I have known uh, God's presence and God's power when I've sought it. I have been comforted to comfort others. I have been empowered empowered to, to speak the truth, I hope, in ways that have brought comfort and strength to others. And I have known uh, those who are praying for, for me because I've felt it often. So that's the opportunity to ask for that empowerment day by day. Sometimes we live our own way, sometimes we don't pursue God, and sometimes we just run out of strength, run out of energy, run out of love for others. We just need to come back to that place and say, Lord, my hands are empty. I need you afresh this day. Let's receive the Holy Spirit afresh. Second thing I think is, what is there about my life? What is there about the way I am living that actually asks people to ask questions? Uh, 1 Peter 3.15 is a wonderful verse. It talks about setting apart Christ as Lord and then always being prepared to give a reason for the hope that we have when others ask us, but to do it with gentleness and respect. What is there about our life? What is the, the way about our relationships? What is, uh, what is there about how we're living as a church that actually encourages people to ask questions about the Jesus that we love and serve. Maybe that's a question we can go away and, and, and pray through. Maybe it's an opportunity to invite people to Alpha, which is just starting, it's not too late to join in this coming week. Maybe it's an opportunity to share what we know about our ace saviour accredited, crucified, exalted saviour, to share that with our neighbours, with our friends. It's an opportunity at a time when things seem dark and when people need hope, to remind them of our eternal hope which is never going away. Because we know Jesus, we know what eternity looks like for us. That's got to be good news to share with those around us. Third, it reminds me that Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forevermore. He is still ace today. And that reminds me that there is a future beyond these lockdown days and weeks, as difficult as they have been. That's why I'm preaching here in Highfield Church for the first time. The government regulations have changed. I'm allowed to be here and preaching, even if it's just my long-suffering cameraman, Sam, my son. I'm allowed to be here because there is a future beyond this time. It might not look exactly as it looked before. If I spun the camera around, you would see socially distanced chairs two metres from one another in all directions. So there's... This returning normality will take a while. It won't be exactly as it was before, but Jesus will be exactly as he has been before. He is still ace, still ace, still able to pour out what the assembled crowds on Pentecost Sunday saw, able to pour out mercy and grace and love and strength. That's what he longs to do at all times, 
especially in these lockdown days, especially when many of us have been struggling and it's felt that the sky is lowering and the walls are, are coming in on us because actually we've wondered what's next. Jesus longs to pour out love and grace and strength and power upon us. That's why he came. That's why he came, to enable us to come to the Father freely as beloved children. So that's the invitation, to look beyond the now to the not yet, to look beyond uh, for all that God might want to give us, and to look in hope for what the future of the church will be. Won't look exactly as it looked in the past, but it will be empowered by the Spirit. It will be full of worship and praise and glory for our exalted King. And we need to dream dreams. We need to dream dreams for what it will be, because it won't be exactly as it was before. So that's the opportunity, that's the adventure on which we're embarking. It's a very small step to come and preach here for the first time in months. It's a small step, but it's a sign to me of what's to come. It's a sign to me of the excitement of living for God at this time, as difficult as it has been for me personally, as it's difficult as it has been, I know, for many of you. There's still the excitement of knowing God's presence, of knowing God's breath on the back of our necks, of knowing his love poured out afresh in so many ways. Sometimes it's only when we know that we need it that we receive it because we bother to ask for it. So that's the opportunity. We are getting back to something like normal. Let's live for God, hopefully, joyfully, empowered and full of the Holy Spirit in these times because we're going to need that joy, we're going to need that peace as we reshape the church and as the world is reshaped around us. But remember, God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Exalted to the Father, he has poured out what you now see and hear that invitation is still within our grasp. So let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Amen.